What is up, my fellow wrestling addicts out there? And happy Friday. Um, some of you must be happy because that means the weekend is approaching. So some of you aren't working. Maybe some of you are. But for me, I'm on spring break. I go back Monday. So I'm enjoying the weekend while I can. But welcome to episode 5 of the Squared Circle Addicts podcast. And if you recognize the uh, intro theme that we use today. It is the intro theme of the War Raiders, a.k.a. the Viking Experience. And with that being said, what we are going to talk about today is the Superstar Shakeup and how it affects WWE going forward, my overall thoughts on it, and just little snippets of the week in wrestling. So first and foremost, Monday Night Raw kicked off uh, it was the first night of the Superstar Shakeup. This was a two-night thing. Um, usually the Superstar Shakeup happens after WrestleMania. So this is something we knew we saw coming, and we were curious to see if we would get any call-ups, um, any exciting things for you know new feuds and new programs and things like that. Um, for me, personally, uh, before delving into it fully, I have to go on record and say that I 100% think that this time... SmackDown won the Superstar Shakeup. Uh, no ands or ifs or buts about it. If you disagree, let me know. Tweet at me at GreatLove91 on Twitter, and, and let me know. Do you think Raw won? Because I personally think SmackDown took this one home, and I definitely think that it has a lot to do with um, the new deal that they signed with Fox. SmackDown going over to Fox. It's a, it's a new station. It's a station that WWE has yet to be on. They've previously had deals with USA and they previously had deals with Sci-Fi. So it'll be really interesting to see um, what happens with this new Fox deal. I know that a lot of people have went on record and said that um, Fox has said that they want edgier content from the WWE. So it'll be interesting to see what that means. Because right now, the WWE is PG-13, so, or not PG-13, excuse me, it's actually PG. So, it, it makes me wonder if they're going to up that rating from PG to PG-13, or if they're going to keep it at PG and then just do, like, a little bit of edgy things here and there. But, we will see. But, like I said, I think with this uh, move to Fox for SmackDown, I think they needed, SmackDown needed a full roster, a roster that had big names, and they sure as hell got that, but we'll move into that a little bit later, because right now I want to talk about Raw, and like I said, the first uh, call up, the first draft pick, if you will, that stuck out to me. So there was a match between Ricochet and Aleister Black, and the tag team champions, Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. Um, and as of, as of now, Ricochet and Aleister Black are permanently on Monday Night Raw. Um, so that's their home. So it was those four versus The Revival and a surprise tag team. And that surprise tag team was none other than the War Raiders, a.k.a. the Viking Experience. And there was a lot of noise on social media over the name change, the Viking Experience, because... A lot of people were upset because, if you guys don't know, the War Raiders were all already previously known as War Machine. And going into NXT, for legality reasons, I would assume, they had to change it to the War Raiders. So then people got used to the War Raiders, and now that they're on the main roster, they're not even called the War Raiders anymore. They're called the Viking Experience. And I really don't know how to feel about that name change just yet because I know some people might look at it and be like, well, it's just a name change, but it's just kind of cheesy. You know, I get it. They want to stress the fact that Raymond and Hanson are Vikings, you know, because they, they carry that persona not only in their character on television, but in their real lives as well. So maybe that's why they did it. I don't really know. But to even further that, they didn't even just change their tag team name. They also changed their names individually uh, because he used to be called Raymond Rowe, but now he's called Eric. And then there was Hanson, and now Hanson is known as Ivar. 
So I don't really know why. I, I've read reports that apparently they didn't want to. I guess Roe was too close to Rowan, and then of course we, ha you know, we have Eric Rowan, so that's why they changed that. But really, like, you you have Eric Rowan, but then you gave a guy the name Eric. So isn't that kind of still doing the same thing? I don't really know. I'm still gonna call them Raymond Rowan Hansen. Eric and Ivar, I don't know, it's just, it's just weird. Again, this is just probably me nitpicking, but I know that the general consensus on social media were people being upset about the name change and confused. And also, another thing that confused me was when the Viking Experience showed up, they didn't have their tag titles. And I was like, aren't we supposed to be highlighting NXT and how important it is? Why wouldn't you let the champions bring the titles? Like, I get it at some point. Uh, you know, the War Raiders are going to have to drop those tag titles to who? I don't know. Maybe the Street Profits, maybe the Forgotten Sons, uh, maybe Mustache Mountain. I don't really know. Uh, that remains to be seen. But I I don't see why the they wouldn't let them bring the titles because to me, having them with the titles would bring legitimacy to NXT and would get people that aren't familiar with NXT to be like, hey, maybe we should start paying attention because these these dudes are champions, you know, or when we get call-ups from NXT, it should feel like it matters. And to me, having them go out there without the tag titles was kind of like diluting that. Um, but that was my only complaint there. It was a good match. I was really, really happy to see the War Raiders on my TV. Um... They're one of my favorite tag teams. They had an amazing match at NXT TakeOver New York with Aleister Black and Ricochet. So I thought it was really cool to see them there. I find it interesting because after their match with Aleister Black and Ricochet at NXT TakeOver New York, Corey Graves tweeted um, at Aleister Black and Ricochet, Can you bring the War Raiders with you next time? Alluding to Raw because I need more of that match in my life. And then here we are, and, and now they actually are on Raw. So I think it's pretty awesome. I, um, ex I'm excited to see what they do with them as a tag team. Hopefully this, this adds another legitimate you know, feud into the tag team division, because right now the tag team division is, is kind of lacking in my opinion. So hopefully the War Raiders can help build that up as, long, as well as the Revival and, of course, the tag champs. And whatnot. Um, but I guess we'll see. And yeah. Uh, also speaking of tag teams. We also got the Usos drafted to Raw. Um, so now the Uso Penitentiary officially lives on the red brand. So I'm really excited about that as well. Because again, uh, more opportunities for great tag team matches. Because for one, I would freaking love to see... The Usos versus The Revival. Give me that all day. I would I would love to see that match. So I'm excited to see what happens there. Um, also on the Raw side, we had call-ups. Uh, Lacey Evans is officially on Raw. We'll get to her segment in a little bit. Uh, EC3 is also officially on Raw. Uh, Cedric Alexander from 205 Live is officially on Raw. Uh, let's see, what else did we get? Um... Oh, this, this is another one that I'm excited about. Andrade is on Raw. Uh, Finn Balor came out and had a match with him, which was a great match, by the way. Absolutely loved it. Um, so, Andrade is on Raw. And then with Andrade comes Zelina Vega, which is interesting because now Zelina Vega is on the same brand as her husband, Aleister Black. But it's kind of hilarious because... In that same vein, they split up the couple of Andrade and Charlotte. So couples are getting split up. Couples are staying together. Um, also in the women's division, we got the call-up of Naomi. So now Raw will officially be feeling glow. And yeah, that's pretty much it from the Raw side. Um, except for the big, the big one, the big move, uh, which was revealed in the main event because it was... Uh, Seth Rollins, and uh, who was Seth Rollins' partner? I can't even remember. But it was a, it was a three-way, it was a three-way tag or a six-man match. I can't even remember what the match was at this point, honestly. And please forgive me for that. But eventually, Seth Rollins' partner was revealed as AJ Styles, 
Which is really interesting because since AJ Styles has been on WWE, he has been predominantly on the blue brand. He even coined SmackDown, the house that AJ built. So it's really interesting to see him on Raw. And I'm really excited to see uh, where that goes and who he's going to be feuding with. A lot of people are under the impression that he is going to be feuding with um, Seth Rollins right away and putting him in the title picture. Um, maybe that's the case. Maybe it won't be. But uh, we shall see. Um, there was a match between uh, Becky Lynch, our champ champ, our Becky Two Belts, um, against Ruby Riot, And, of course, Becky Lynch won that match. Which I understand because she's the champion and she's the man and she should have, you know, all this momentum behind her. But, again, I am so tired of them giving Ruby Riot and the rest of the Riot Squad the short end of the stick. And trust me, I have a lot to say about that too, but I'm going to wait until a little bit later in the show. Um, I just I just don't know. Like, I, I wish Ruby Riot would win one. That's all I got to say for, for now. Um, but there was that match, and then Lacey Evans came out and was talking to Becky and how she pretty much said that the lady is officially on Raw, and then she did this thing about how she curries favor, and because she curries favor, she's the new number one contender for Becky's title. And so she pretty much, in other words, called herself a slut. Uh, I don't know how I necessarily feel about that. Listen, guys, and I'm going to say this. I um, am excited to see where the whole... The man versus the lady goes. It's it's brilliant marketing. I get why they did it. Um, however, I don't understand why they gave Lacey Evans this opportunity so fast when she hasn't really done anything of merit. You know, she had a few matches in both Mae Young Classics. She had a few matches in NXT. And then, so far, since her time on the main roster, all she's done is walk back and forth down the ramp and wave, and then she knocked out Becky two times, or technically once, because the first time she punched her, it didn't do shit to her, um, so I don't really know, you know, what, what the big deal about Lacey Evans is, I guess Vince McMahon is really high on her, uh, and of course, you know, Becky has gone on Twitter to call her the second Charlotte, or Charlotte 2.0, because, I mean, really, it kind of is that way, except, Charlotte can wrestle a lot better than Lacey Evans. And furthermore, to me, Charlotte's gimmick, Charlotte's character isn't problematic, but Lacey Evans is. Again, this is nothing against Lacey Evans personally, but I feel like what her gimmick represents represents the old-fashioned woman. And with the old-fashioned woman, it also comes the old-fashioned stereotypes of, like, men are the breadwinners and women are, like, the stay-at-home housewives and and stuff like that, um, you know, and then, like, because even on Twitter, she was like, I'm gonna go make my husband a sandwich, and there's nothing wrong with, like, you know, making your husband food or whatever, but the context that it was in was, was weird, and it's like, why did you use the word sandwich as an option, just because that's kind of usually seen as a, as a negative connotation, men will be like, man, go shut up and make me a sandwich, you know, like, it's, it's that negative connotation, so for me, like, her gimmick and her, the way she dresses also represents, like, the, the point where we were in with, like, segregation and stuff, so I don't know, it's just really weird to me, um, her character, like, sets back the women's evolution. Like, her character, her gimmick is the exact opposite of the women's evolution. And then Becky is the exact opposite because with her, like, calling herself the man and being like, you know, I'm an empowering woman and I'm the best of the best and in a male-dominated industry, I'm dominating. So maybe that's why they did that. Maybe that's uh, what they're going to use as far as, like, uh, groundwork for promos and, and the back and forths. So, I mean, I guess we'll see. But as of right now, I am not keen on Lacey Evans at all. I really wish they would have uh, given a, a title shot to, again, Ruby Riot or Sarah Logan. And maybe that's just me being biased because clearly you guys know that I love me, the Riot Squad. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Um, but yeah, speaking of the Riot Squad, 
I have a lot to say about them and about everything that's happened with this Superstar Shake-Up, but before I get into that, I am going to play some tunes for you guys. Alrighty, so let's talk about the Riot Squad, shall we? Because now, moving on over to the SmackDown side of things, uh, one of the shakeups that I'm disappointed with, heartbroken over, confused about, is the split of the Riot Squad. The Riot Squad is no more. Uh, Sarah Logan and Ruby Riot are both still on Raw, but the juvenile delinquent Liv Morgan has been moved over to SmackDown Live. <sighs> and guys, 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 if you know me at all outside of this podcast, and, and if you follow any of my personal social medias, you know 100% that I am a Riot Squad fan to the bone. I love them. They are right now my, or I should say they were my current favorite faction in WWE, but now they are split up, and I really don't know how to feel about that. I think that the WWE 100% missed the ball with this team, with this faction. I feel like a lot could have been done with them. I have always said that they could have been 
like a female version of the shield or if you wanted to make them face they could have been the female version of new day not necessarily with the same gimmicks but just with that same lineage as a trio and we never really got to see that aside from when they debuted and they obliterated the whole entire smackdown roster they left naomi on a stretcher like that that segment when they debuted I was so happy, like, I, I was like, oh my god, this is new, this is fresh, like, I recognize Ruby, I recognize Sarah, and I recognize Liv, and all of them, you know, had their own separate careers in NXT and on the Mae Young Classics, but I was excited to see them as a trio. I remember, truthfully though, at first I was like, this is the most rad, random, haphazard pairing in all of existence, because for me, it felt like all of them were so drastically different that I was like, how is this going to work? But I did like the idea that they, you know, ran roughshod to the entire SmackDown roster. Um, and then they instantly grew on me, and I instantly became a fan of theirs. I liked them wrecking havoc and, and throwing stuff around everywhere and just making a mess and, and kind of being that different in the women's division, if you will. Um, if you go on Sarah and Libs and Ruby's personal Instagrams, they all wrote um, heartfelt messages uh, to each other and, and what it meant for them to be a member of the Riot Squad. And without reading them on the air, uh, the general message was that their careers changed um, being put together and how they never really saw themselves as tag team competitors, but that they are better wrestlers and better people since working together and um, that the Riot Squad will always be a thing even though it's not a thing on television anymore it will be a thing in their personal lives because they, they are sisters I mean they all got matching tattoos of, of when they all debuted which was 11 I think it's 11 23 17 or 11 14 2017 some, something around there um, but Man, I'm I'm just I'm just disappointed that they split them up. Um, I don't really know what this means for them. Um, I've been reading reports that the WWE is really big on Liv Morgan because Vince McMahon thinks that she has a unique look and wants to capitalize on that. Um, so yeah, but at the same time, where does that leave Ruby? Where does that leave Sarah? Um, for me personally, because Ruby and Sarah are still on the same brand, I would keep them together and maybe have them go for the tag team titles. I always said that um, I wanted the Riot Squad to be the first ones to hold the tag titles, and I thought it would have been awesome if they would have did it Freebird style and the fact that like you know all three of them can hold it and all three of them could defend it. I mean, there's just so many things that they could have done. They could have had Sarah and Liv as tag team champions, and then Ruby as the Raw Women's Champion, and they could have owned the WWE, if you will. Um, but they never really went anywhere with it, and it makes me sad. I, I remember the one program that I highly enjoyed was when Ruby Riot was in a program with Charlotte Flair back when Ruby was still on SmackDown. Um, and that was a that was great. And then, of course, one of my favorite moments is Ruby's match with Bailey at I think it was uh, Backlash uh, on the pre-show. Um, that was one of my favorite matches, and I really wish it would have, um, you know, not been on the pre-show. But like I said, they could have done so much with the Riot Squad, but instead, um, as much as it pains me to say this, they kind of painted the Riot Squad as jobbers. They used them to job out to Natalia a lot um, back when Ruby was having that feud with Natalia and the whole Jim the Animal Nightheart thing. Uh, they used the Riot Squad to job out to Ronda Rousey. They used the Riot Squad to job out to Becky Lynch. And again, it's no disrespect to any of those women because clearly I love them, but I, I just wish they would have did more with the Riot Squad. And it kind of upsets me that they just split them up with no story, like in the sense of as much as it would have hurt me to see it on TV, it would have been cool if like Ruby would have betrayed Sarah and Liv and is like, you know what, I'm tired of, of carrying your dead weight, I need to go out as a singles competitor. Or maybe, you know, Sarah doing the same thing of like, 
everybody underestimates me, but I've been on the indies and I've been killing shit for a long time, but yet no one pays attention to me because they're paying attention to Ruby and Liv. Screw this crap. I'm leaving you guys. Or the same could have been done with Liv. And it's like, you know, I'm the one that's new here out of the, the two of you. I'm the newbie, so no one takes me seriously, but I'm going to carve my own path. And... They didn't do that. Like, we didn't even get a betrayal for them. Like, I mean, as much, like I said, as much as it would have hurt me, I would have preferred that as opposed to, oh, just, uh, they get split in the Superstar shakeup. Because Liv wasn't even on SmackDown. It was one of those things that I had to read about on Twitter. Like, oh, by the way, Liv Morgan got drafted to SmackDown Live. Like, I found out about the Riot Squad breakup on Twitter, y'all, and I was just like, wait, what the hell did I just read? The, the Riot Squad split? Are you kidding me? Like, I don't know. I'm mad about it. I'm heartbroken. I'm upset. Like I said, they were my favorite faction. I thought a lot could have been done with them, but nothing really was ever done with them. And I just hope that this split somehow benefits them as opposed to making it worse for them, because I, I just don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I, like I said, I don't know if they're going to keep Sarah and Ruby together, and maybe there'll be a new member of the Riot Squad. I know that's been a suggestion thrown out uh, by a lot of people on Twitter. For me, personally, I don't want that just because, like, then if you get a new member, then it's not the Riot Squad. It's just, like, Riot Squad 2.0. It really isn't the Riot Squad. I mean, I get it. Ruby Riot is the one that made the made the group. You know, it was her baby. Obviously, that's why they call it the Riot Squad. But I just... I don't know. Like, I don't think... Um, I don't think a third member would, would make me happy. I would rather have them just keep it uh, Sarah and Ruby together and like I said maybe have them hold the tag titles and then as far as Liv goes I don't really know what they're gonna do with her like I said um they want to push her as a singles competitor I think it would be really interesting also I think it's a little bit funny that she's on Smackdown when she's known for having a blue tongue I don't know maybe they did that on purpose who knows I don't know. Uh, another option that's been thrown around out there on Twitter is that maybe they put Sarah with the Viking experience, because in real life, Raymond Rowe, a.k.a. Eric, is her husband. So maybe that's something they do, but if they do that, I'm fine with it. Just don't make her a manager, though. Like, still have her wrestle, because she's incredible. She showed her potential in the Women's Battle Royal this year at Royal Rumble. For me, I always knew that she had that, but I love that the WWE let her be one of the final two, although, you know, there was that swerve that you guys know that I was unhappy about because we thought, Sarah Logan won! Yes, this is freaking amazing! And then Carmella came and eliminated her, which made me very sad. But uh, that is beside the point. So, um, you know, if they do pair her with the Viking experience, which I'm sure she wouldn't mind because she would get to work with, with her husband, which would be great. But I just, if they do that, I just hope they don't. Uh, like, you know, forget about her as a competitor. Um, so we'll see. I mean, could Sarah Logan be the next contender for the Raw Women's title after the whole Lacey Evans and Becky Lynch feud is over? Could it be Ruby Riot? Is this going to make things awkward for the Riot Squad in the sense of like, oh, there's only two of us here on Raw, so now we're jockeying for position, and now we're, we both want that main title? Or will it be more of a thing of unity and be like, hey, it's just the two of us now. Let's go for those tag titles. I don't know, but again, as I said, I am not not thrilled at all with the, uh, the split of the Riot Squad. It's... It just, it just makes me sad because, like I said, a lot of wasted potential, a lot of wasted ideas. But again, I don't write for WWE, so whatever. They're not going to listen to me. I'm just a fan, but I don't like it. Like, I said on Twitter the other day that um, in the same night, which was SmackDown, they teased a possible feud with my favorite wrestler being involved. And then... 
they split up the riot squad. So it's like they give me something that I really, really love, which we'll get to right now. Um, and then they gave me something that I really, really hated. And it's it's like WWE has always been a love-hate relationship with me. And it, it, I'm pretty sure that it will continue to be that way. Um, moving on um, from, from, from the riot squad. Uh, but before I move on, I just want to say that I... I Highly did enjoy them as a trio. I loved every minute of it. I'm going to miss them, and hopefully this isn't the last we will see them as a trio. Hopefully somewhere down the road their paths cross again and they can reunite because, damn it, like I, I love them together and I'm going to miss them together, but I do wish them well in their solo careers or tag team careers or however they're going to play it. I wish them well, and... um. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what happens. Um, but moving forward uh, with the draft, or the Superstar Shake-Up, I'm going to call it the draft because that's what we called it when we were kids, okay? So we're just going to call it that. Um, Becky Lynch came out again and pretty much talked about how now that she is Becky Two Belts, she has two targets on her back, and she knows that the competition is fierce, and that everyone is gunning for her, trying to take away her titles, to which the Sheenom, Ember Moon, came out and got a huge pop, which I was excited to see, and, um, or to hear, I should say, and, um, she came out, she's back from injury, which is great. We already knew that because she was in the Battle Royal at WrestleMania, but they didn't really, like, make mention of that, which was really stupid to me. But anyway, she's back, she's on SmackDown, she comes out, she tells Becky, hey, you know what, you may be the the man, you may be the, the top dog now, but I'm the Sheenom, and I'm coming for your title, to which people popped for, which was great. And then... My favorite thing, my favorite part of the Superstar Shake-Up happened because Bailey's music hit and sadly she didn't really get a reaction. She got boos, which was crazy. I'm like, why are you booing Bailey? Um, but Montreal has a record of doing that. They booed her last time when she made her uh, injury announcement talking about how she was going to be out of the match at SummerSlam. They booed her for that as well. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe something's wrong with Montreal. I don't really know. Um, but, Bailey came out, and it's funny because if you watch it back, I didn't even notice this until someone pointed it out to me, but they said the minute that Bailey's music hit, Becky had a smile on her face. Um, and then I was like, I didn't catch that, and because I was too busy marking out, and so when I went and watched it back, I was like, oh, like Becky's happy to be working with her friend again, because the last time that they worked together was four years ago on NXT, which is insane to me because both of them are incredible wrestlers, and I think it would be really interesting to see um, them feuding. Uh, Bailey came out pretty much, and Becky did this thing of like, what, you want a hug or something? And Bailey said, you know what, no, I think I got all my hugs out on Raw. And she said that, you know, um, she was like, it's, it's been a while since we've seen each other, hasn't it? And then Becky was like, it has. And then she was like, and a lot has changed. And Bailey pretty much stated her claim that she's now a singles competitor and that she wants the title. So clearly... I'm ecstatic about that. Um, right now, like I said, Becky is feuding with Lacey Evans on Raw, and then over on SmackDown, they teased Ember Moon and Bailey. So I don't know what they're gonna do with that per se. Maybe they'll have a match between Ember and Bailey, uh, and then it's like a number one contenders match. Whoever wins gets Becky. Um, of course, we have the Money in the Bank coming up next month. Maybe Bailey wins, maybe Ember wins, and then they use that to cash in on the, the SmackDown Women's title, obviously. But, I mean, that all remains to be seen. But, but just the idea of Bailey getting a fresh start makes me happy. Like, I know personally she may not be too happy about it. You know, of course, according to Dirt Sheets, but, I mean, I don't really... I take those with a grain of salt, but according to Dirt Sheets... Uh, she was upset that she was getting split from Sasha. She was upset that the Boston Hunt connection uh, was no longer a thing. Um, but for me, I, I'm all for it just because I, I think Bailey needs that fresh start. I think that 
since being on the main roster, Luck hasn't necessarily been on her side. You know, she debuted hot. Like, people loved her when she debuted, and then she won the title from Charlotte. But I feel like that was done too soon. I think it should have been, like, a underdog story climb type of situation, but that didn't really happen. And then she feuded with Alexa Bliss, and there was that whole this is your life segment, and then that match at Extreme Rules, and... That pretty much killed all of Bailey's momentum, and since then, she's kind of been on a downward spiral, but then, you know, they teased us about, you know, Bailey versus Sasha Banks, and when Bailey snapped on Sasha Banks and told her, you ain't shit, Sasha, like, that was the greatest thing, in my opinion, but they never really went anywhere with that, because they went to Dr. Shelby instead, and then became best friends again, and then, you know, we got the women's tag titles, which was important, because if you guys know, um... Bailey and Sasha both bugged Vince McMahon every single day and said, we need women's tag titles, we need women's tag titles. They are the ones that put it into fruition and put it into existence, and, and they wanted it to mean something, which is why, as much as I love the Iconics, I was kind of upset that they dropped it so quickly because they didn't get to create that, that importance and that lineage for the tag titles. But now, um, with Sasha Banks's future... In the WWE, uncertain. Uh, Bailey is a solo competitor, and I just hope that this this gives her new breath. It gives her uh, a new chance to reinvent herself. Um, and it, it's funny because on on Facebook and Twitter, Bailey pretty much said, you know, like I'm here, and I want SmackDown to bring out the best in me. And she's like, it's time for a change. And those words really like got to me because I'm like, are they gonna make Bailey Hill? Like, is this finally where it happens? Because let's be honest, at this point, anybody who faces Becky Lynch is gonna get booed. Or, for the most part, the fanfare is going to be on Becky's side as opposed to her opponent, whether you're Lacey Evans, Ember Moon, or Bailey. Like, that's just what it is. So, is this is this how you make Bailey Hill? Because see, what I would do is money in the bank happens, right? This is how I would book it. And maybe this is a little bit biased because clearly I love Bailey. But what I would do is Lacey Evans and Becky Lynch have their match at Money in the Bank. At this point, the Money in the Bank ladder match has already happened and Bailey's won it. After the match, Lacey Evans and Becky Lynch Becky Lynch is exhausted because for, for whatever reason, maybe Lacey Evans actually took it to her, okay? But she, she beat the lady. And then, Bailey comes in and cashes in her Money in the Bank briefcase, but as the SmackDown, for the SmackDown Championship. Like, that would make me happy. I would mark the hell out for that. Um... But I know the crowd wouldn't necessarily love it all that much. But me, personally, I would love it. However, that being said, I have said that I want Becky Lynch to have a meaningful reign with both titles. I want her to hold on to both titles for a while. Because, let's be honest, the whole Becky Two Belts moniker is making the WWE loads of money right now. They have shirts. It's everywhere. It's, it's said and screamed in every arena that Becky walks into. So, for me, I would, um, you know, have her carry those titles for a while. But I would still want that cash-in to happen. Maybe not necessarily at Money in the Bank, but somewhere down the line. And I think the same thing can be done with Ember Moon. I think she could do something very similar where, you know, she she waits for her moment and cashes in on Becky Lynch. Either way, whether we get Ember Moon versus Becky Lynch or we get Bailey versus Becky Lynch, those are two feuds that I'm excited for because they're new and they're fresh and they're something that we haven't really seen before. Like I said, we have seen Bailey and Becky wrestle each other before, but that was like four years ago. And then Ember Moon and Becky have yet to meet in the squared circle. So I think that is a really good potential feud. Um, other moves from from Raw to SmackDown include, um, let's see, I know Chad Gable went in there as a solo competitor, which, again, that breaks up him and Bobby Roode. So, again, another tag team 
gone. Um, another call up was um, let's see, who else did we have? We had uh, Buddy Murphy, uh, the former cruiserweight champion, is now on SmackDown. So I think that'll be huge. I think that'll give him um, a chance to to have a lot more. Uh, potential great feuds, so I'm excited for that. Uh, we also got, um, of course, like I mentioned earlier, we got Liv Morgan over on SmackDown now. Um, we have the Intercontinental Champion, Finn Balor, on SmackDown now, which is huge. Like, what? What? What is happening? Um, so that'll be interesting to see if, if Joe goes to Raw because he's a United States champion, unless they're going to have two of the main mid-card titles on SmackDown, but I don't necessarily um, see how that would work. Um, and then, of course, the we have the biggest accusation for our uh, acquisition, I should say, I'm not using the right words, for SmackDown. Um, Vince McMahon came out and said, this is, this is the guy, this is the person that I believe in, and he brought out Elias, to which the crowd was like, really, Elias? Uh, but Elias is on SmackDown, but then he was quickly interrupted by the big dog, Roman Reigns, and Roman Reigns pretty much came out and Superman punched Vince McMahon and said that SmackDown was his yard now. And um, I'm really, like, surprised to see... Roman Reigns make the move over to SmackDown just because, like, he's such a big name, you know, and I, I thought they would keep him on Raw, but again, I think a lot of it has to do with the, uh, you know, the Fox deal that SmackDown has, and I think they want to make SmackDown the show of shows, and, and like I said in the beginning of this podcast, I definitely think um, SmackDown definitely 100% won um, the draft picks this time. Uh, their women's division is stacked. They have Charlotte, they have Bailey, they have Amber Moon, they have Asuka. Oh, and how could I forget? Excuse me, uh, you guys should, should, uh, take points off for me for this because there was a segment between, with the Iconics, they came out, um, and, you know, we're talking about how they're champions and, you know, how, how they're not scared of whatever team Paige throws at them. And then Paige came out and was trying to introduce her new team. But then uh, Absolution came out and they were like, oh, we don't need... When, when I say Absolution, I mean Fire and Desire, Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. They were like, oh, we don't need no introduction, Paige, but thank you. And then... Uh, Paige was pretty much like, I love you girls, but you guys weren't who I was talking about. Who I was talking about is the team of, and she brought out Asuka, the Empress of Tomorrow. And then she brought out the Pirate Princess, Kyrie Sane. Kyrie Sane got the call up from NXT, and now they're putting her together with Asuka, which I think is great. I know a lot of people are kind of bitching because they're like, man, like, why is, is WWE racist? Like, they're just putting the agents together and lumping them together, and they're like, so much for Kyrie and Io Shirai. Like, I guess that's not a thing. Um, but it's really intriguing for me to see uh, Kyrie on SmackDown because I think she's a phenomenal wrestler. In fact, if I had to choose between Kyrie and Asuka, like, who do I like more or who's more of my wrestler, I would say Kyrie Sane. Um, but I'm really intrigued to see what, what her and Asuka do as a tag team. And furthermore, with Paige being their mouthpiece, in a sense, I would assume, what that's going to be like. I mean, I think it's kind of a haphazard pairing for a trio. But again, I, I thought the same thing for the Riot Squad, so maybe... I could end up loving this, but for me, if I was to see Paige manage a team, it would be a team of, like, say, Rhea Ripley and Reyna Gonzalez versus, uh, you know, Asuka and Kyrie. But they came out, and then there was just, and then Paige pretty much just said, go get them, ladies, and there was, like, this this big old brawl between Absolution, the Iconics, and, uh, Io, not Io Shirai, excuse me, Kyrie Sane and Asuka. Um, but that was another big move for SmackDown. 
So like I said, I personally think SmackDown uh, won this this draft, this superstar shakeup, and it'll be really interesting to see. Um, like I said, what what these moves mean, what what feuds we're gonna be getting, what new teams we're gonna be getting, um, and I, I'm really interested to see. Oh, also permanently on SmackDown is Lars Sullivan, but I don't necessarily care about that all too much. Um, and really quickly before I forget, I finally remembered what the main event for Raw was, which was uh, Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns and AJ Styles versus Braun Strowman, not Braun Strowman, excuse me, Bobby Lashley, Baron Corbin, and Drew McIntyre. So it was it was pretty much the the same old, same old, so nothing too important there. But um, also on SmackDown, uh, we got an honorary member of the New Day, Kevin Owens, a.k.a. Big O. Um, that was a really cool segment. There was a segment where he had to twerk for them, where he had to eat pancakes, and then he ended up having a match with them, which was really great. I, I loved it. I thought it was funny. I think it's really interesting to um, see that, like him as a face because he's pretty much always been a hill. So I think it's really cool to see him more in like a laid-back, comedic-type feel. Um, but a lot of people are speculating that they could smell the hill turn from a mile away. Maybe he's like the wrench in the New Day. Maybe he's just using them to get to Kofi Kingston's WWE title. And then that's when Big E comes back from injury and prevents that from happening. Um, but I guess we'll see. Again, those are just speculations. But that pretty much was all of SmackDown. I, I personally thought SmackDown was a better show than Raw. But maybe that's just me being biased because my favorite wrestler showed up and teased the feud with the SmackDown Women's Champion. So maybe, maybe that's why I thought SmackDown was better. But um, that's it for Raw and SmackDown. And then moving over to Wednesday night, we had NXT. Um, I'm not going to delve too much into that card. But I will talk about the matchup between Velveteen Dream and Buddy Murphy. It was the opening match, and it was for the North American Championship. And if you guys have not seen that match, please go back and watch it. It starts off a bit slow, I will admit. But, man, those two went to war. And I, I definitely think that... Um, Buddy Murphy and Velveteen Dream are two of the best on the roster right now, whether that be NXT or WWE as a whole. That was a great match. Of course, we had the homecoming of Johnny Gargano. He made his, you know, championship speech, but was interrupted um, by the Undisputed Era, obviously. And that feud is still obviously going to continue. It's still fresh. It's still new. And then, of course, we had the main event that night, which was Shayna Baszler defending her NXT Women's Championship against Kyrie Sane. And um, that match actually ended in a disqualification, which I didn't necessarily like, especially because it was Kyrie's send-away match, basically. Or I don't know if, if she's done more TV tapings and they'll air later on the network, but... For now, I'm going to say that it was her send-away match, and I didn't necessarily like the way it ended because it ended in a disqualification because Shayna was going to do that thing where, like, you know, she steps on their arm and, like, breaks it completely. But then Io Shirai, like, interrupted it from happening because, you know, Kyrie Sane's her best friend. But then Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir had other plans and was like, uh-uh, you ain't going to interrupt this. So they got Io and, like, they pretty much held her back while Baszler still stepped on Kyrie's arm and injured it, for lack of a better word. And um, and then it ended with with the Queen of Spades, with Shayna two-time holding up her title high. Um, definitely, by the way this ended, I think her next competitor for the title is going to be Io. I know there have been talks about it being Candice LeRae, but I don't really see that happening just yet and again it begs the question when the hell is Shayna Baszler going to be called up to the main roster um I mean I I don't know hopefully it's soon um just because like you know she's already done for me personally she's already done all that she can do on NXT unless they keep her with you know Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir and have them be a trio and kind of have Shayna help them along the way as they grow in their in-ring careers. But, I mean, I guess 
we'll see. But overall, NXT was a good show. Um, Worlds Collide also happened this weekend. Some of the matches that uh, were amazing from, from that weekend were Roderick Strong and Tyler Breeze, another amazing match. That is, surprisingly, I didn't, I didn't know that it was going to be as good as, as it was, but it was Luke Harper versus Dominic Dijakovic. That was a great match. I was like, whoa, like, who knew, you know, like, who knew these two could put on a, a five-star match? And it's funny because Dominic Dijakovic, he's one of the, like, newer guys in NXT, but is definitely one of the ones that you should be paying attention to. Luke Harper, we haven't heard from in ages, and then now he had this amazing match. And speaking of Luke Harper, he announced that he is, um, he requested his release from WWE and that it was granted. So we wish him well in wherever he goes. I know a lot of people are already jumping the gun and it's like, it's going to be AEW. But I mean, we don't really know, but we'll see. So uh, best of luck to Luke Harper. And yeah, that pretty much concludes this podcast for today on this Friday evening or whenever your earbuds are listening to this. But Thank you guys so much for listening. Again, as always, I appreciate all the support. It means the world to me. Right now, I only have about, like, ten consi- like consistent listeners. But I appreciate every single one of you. Let's make this thing grow. Please share this on, on social media if you appreciate my banter and appreciate my insight with everything that's going on in the WWE Um And also, if any of you would like to be a guest on this podcast, just to sit down with me and talk wrestling, please let me know. Hit me up on my personal Twitter, my personal Facebook, which is, again, at GreatLove91. And let me know. Let's make this happen. I would love to sit down with some of you and ask your opinions on what is going on in the WWE and what you hope to happen. Um, I think it could be really, really fun. But until then, guys, I will catch you next time. As always, stay happy, stay safe, but most importantly, stay addicted to the squared circle. Later, guys.